You remember the significant opposition to the treatment of women's safety campaigner Posey Parker in Albert Park when she was assaulted, shouted down, hounded out of a public meeting with a police protection by a mob, uh, and the horrific scenes of a male punching an elderly woman in the face? Well, according to the Disinformation Project, the hate and aggression weren't from the people doing the assaulting or holding the, you know, threatening and highly offensive signs. Uh, and, you know, here's some examples. They're about stomping people. Nope, that was all fine. Nothing to see here. The hate and aggression was from the victims. Yep, go figure. Let's check it out. So last Friday, the Disinformation Project, a group who specialises in reports oozing with disinformation, released a report which argued that hate towards New Zealand's trans community had increased substantially, despite all the images we and the rest of the world were horrified to see on that day in Albert Park recently, and that's what the report was about, what happened at Albert Park and the lead-up. Now, before we look at the report, who are the Disinformation Project? I was set up in February 2020 for the purpose of combating what the World Health Organization called the infodemic of misinformation around the COVID pandemic. You know, some of that misinformation that's now been shown to be true. Their website says the Disinformation Project is an independent research group studying misinformation and disinformation in Aotearoa, New Zealand. It's a group of disinformation researchers who don't seem to have much background in the field of disinformation. For example, the director has a Master of Arts from Waikato University in 19th century American literary culture. Principal area of research is historiography of the history of science with a focus on cultures and subcultures of science, gender in science history and narrative and complexity and is a PhD candidate through Victoria University. So uh, lots of red flags there in my view. In fact in 2017 she wrote an open letter to the Vice-Chancellor of Waikato University asking that he reconsider his approach to understanding the Faculty of Arts and Social Science. She said, when I use theoretical approaches to understand the world, it is my graduate class in theory taught across the faculty in which we explored the critical theoretical advances of the 12th and early 21st century, where I first really understood Marxism, feminism, post-colonial theory. These are tools I use every day in my work and in the construction of my identity. Well, but obviously not the feminism that Posey Parker and many other women want to discuss. The Disinformation Project sells its uh, analysis services to social media companies and to the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet. Yep, the PM's office pays for the information. Although that contract didn't last long and the Disinformation Project has also recently been cut adrift from the University of Auckland. It seems nobody wants them. Well, here's why. They released a report at the beginning of 2022 which said this, the most recent COVID-19 outbreak and the vaccine are highly visible potent symbols used to push various far-right and conservative ideologies around issues such as free speech, Christian, evangelical Pentecostal, abortion, euthanasia, cannabis law reform, families and family structure, LGBTQIA plus rights including conversion therapy, immigration, race and gender. Wow, what a shocking list of despicables, eh? I think they Googled our website. Apparently, advocating these pro-family, pro-life and moral issues is all about disinformation. Opposing the government's agenda is misinformation or disinformation, maybe. So that gives you a 
pretty clear picture of their worldview. The other amusing thing is that there's another definition to add. Misinformation, false information that people didn't create with the intention to hurt others. Disinformation is created with the intention of harming a person. Uh, and then there's malinformation, true information used with ill intent. So even true information is bad. The government conveniently, uh, the government state broadcaster TVNZ co coincidentally and conveniently featured a documentary called Web of Chaos funded by you via New Zealand On Air. It was a deep dive into the world of disinformation, exploring why it's spreading at pace through Aotearoa and the world with specialists warning of striking consequences for social cohesion and democracy. And it featured people from the Disinformation Project. Now, I was in hysterics watching it, and it, there was an explanation of how they draw certain people, gullible people, who then become conspiracy theorists and purveyors of disinformation. Now, to the woman watching, please note, according to the experts, if you're a trad wife, uh, which is a woman who prefers to take a traditional role in marriage, including the beliefs that a woman does not lose anything by choosing to stay at home, and by doing so can support their family needs better. Yep, if you're a trad wife, if you're white, Christian, into cooking with your children on Instagram or Pinterest, interior design, knitting, children's clothing, healthy food for children, then you're being drawn into white nationalist ideas. You are the problem. Have a watch. You can draw people in in lots of different places. And each of the platforms are used in different ways. Hello, friends. As you can see, I'm working on my wedby bag. What is known internationally as a kind of trad wife set of viewpoints, which is white Christian, a lot of pseudo-Celtic, pseudo-Nordic ideologies behind it. They use Pinterest and Instagram to draw in other women who are interested in interior design, children's clothing, knitting, healthy food for children. And it does draw people in towards a set of white nationalist ideas. I mean, it's relatively easy to see. If you see a very beautiful, fair-skinned, blonde or red-haired child with beautiful braiding in her hair and some flowers, just step back a little bit. <laughs> a beautiful, fair-skinned, blonde or red-haired child with braiding and flowers, just step back. So last week, this new report came out regarding the visit of Posey Parker. It was entitled Transgressive Transitions, Transphobia, Community Building and Community Bridging within Aotearoa New Zealand's Disinformation Ecologies, March to April 2023. And ironically, it's got a warning on the front page. It says, content warning, explicit language, threats, misogyny, racism and violence. But... It's not referring to these images and explicit language and violence towards of misogyny towards Posey Parker. No siree. So uh, according to the One News report, it said, online forums with international influence are filling, filled with increasingly more harmful content, with the tone becoming far more violent than in the past. The Disinformation Project's Kate Hanna told Breakfast the research comes after members of the trans community expressed concern over a rise in hate following the visit of British anti-trans speaker Kelly Jane Keane Munchell, uh, also known as Posey Parker. We heard from trans community members that they had experienced a rise in hate and harm after the visit of Posey Parker, Hannah said. She said the language used would be classed as genocidal 
That's a language that denies the right of a group of people to exist. This kind of content is coming from known neo-Nazi and disinformation groups in New Zealand, but also from overseas too. There are now channels and ways in which international disinformation actors are manipulating New Zealand communities through the use of a variety of features that are known features of, for example, Russian propaganda techniques. End quote. Ah yes, if you can mention Nazi and mention Russian, excellent. The disinformation project are using all the buzzwords. Now, here's the really interesting thing. Because of you, we got a mention in this report. Actually, quite a large mention. You see, we did the three McBlog episodes on the Posey Park event, the interview with Arnie O'Brien from the Free Speech Union, who was at the event to support Posey Parker. We did the coverage from the international media showing New Zealand in a terrible light because of how Posey Parker was treated and an analysis of Green MP Marama Davidson's cis white male causal violence comments immediately after the event, which drew widespread condemnation from both sides of the political aisle. Let me show you a short excerpt from the one about Marama Davidson. A left-wing commentator said, as a minister, Marama Davidson is speaking on behalf of the government, meaning the government right now is claiming white cis males are the reason for violence in the world. But here's the second question. Does Marama Davidson believe what she's saying? Well, of course she does. It's the perfect intersection of woke identity politics. It's racist, sexist, offensive. It's critical race theory and gender theory wrapped into one dumb, false statement. And to be honest, that's being polite about what she said. Because she said, I know what causes violence in this world, and it's white cis men. <laughs> Now, how do I know she meant what she said? Well, allies immediately jumped to support what she was saying. The Women's Refuge Chief Executive Ange Jury told the Herald it was not useful to look at violence causes singularly in terms of race. The jury said there was little, however, little disagreement about the role that patriarchy, heteronormativity, and colonization all play, all related to cis white males. Yep, uh, and as I said, a phrase like cis white male is all about gender theory, the use of the word cis, and the intersectionality of critical theory, white males are the oppressor, classic 101 uh, critical theory and gender theory. Here's what the Disinformation Project said about that McBlog in their report. They said, we observe significant production of anger via the use of the angry face response emoji, with the most anger registered on a post published by a long-standing Christian lobby group. They couldn't bring to themselves to actually say who we were. The post by the Christian lobby group, which received high levels of anger in response, was one which framed Green Party MP Marama Davidson and associated her with critical race theory and gender ideology. The greatest sadness registered is across a different set of accounts and posts led by the posts made on the Christian Lobby Group's page. Yep, apparently the Disinformation Project trolls through social media pages looking for the angry face emoji. Solid research there, team. But then they refer to both the Marama Davidson McBlog and also the interview with Annie O'Brien, who was at the event. Now, she feared for her life at the protest. She feared for Posey Parker's life, and yet... This was a group of people who had simply gathered to talk about 
women's rights and safety. Let me show you a little excerpt from that. Yeah, well, uh, I wonder if he's going to condemn the, the people who um, enacted violence against a group of women trying to talk about uh, simply um, accessing sex segregated spaces and, and services, you know. That's what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about how, hey, when your mother is elderly and she, she needs um, help um, in, in a home perhaps, um, and she needs intimate care, mm. she should have the right to ask for a female nurse. Mm. That is pretty basic, I would say. Um, but those rights are being taken away because now if that nurse... Yep, so that's what the discussion was about and the Disinformation Project said the most shared posts in the review period across Facebook pages with admins solely or primarily based in the country were two posts made by the Christian Lobby Group one on the Parker rally and the counter-protest and the other about Green MP Marama Davidson. Both posts question the existence of trans people, which, as described by the Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention, is a feature of genocidality. Well, here's the meaning of genocide. The deliberate and systematic extermination of a national, racial, political or cultural group. Genocide. Yep. Talking about gender theory and critical theory and people speaking up for women's rights apparently is now a form of genocide. The report actually it says the gender critical movement is genocidal. And they accuse us of misinformation. But here's the best bit in the report, probably the only accurate part, and it's thanks to you, so take a bow. It said this, the top Shared post published by the Christian Lobby Group was shared 3.2 times more than a post by One News, which was in fifth place. Video content follows a similar pattern within the 20 most viewed videos featuring the terms searched within the period studied. One posted by the Christian Lobby Group received nearly three times as many views as a post by News Hub. Posts published by a Christian lobby group were in the top 10 of interactions. The established and well-known Christian lobby group, which had the most shared posts and the most viewed video content, also benefited from large numbers of interactions, with three posts garnering over 9,000 interactions, the most for a single organisation or producer within the top 10 most interacted posts. Well, thank you. Move over One News and News Hub. There's a new show in town, and it's called McBlog. But here's the really weird bit. It said this. This particular video, the interview with Annie O'Brien, which received over 10,000 views, provides a key example of the advantages to producers of community bridging as the content saw a lesbian anti-trans activist in discussion with the leader of a Christian lobby group enabling audience expansion for both speakers and effectively bridging radical trans-exclusionary women's movements internationally into existing conservative Christian communities and vice versa. Um, it, that is hilarious. Annie, who I interviewed, is lesbian. And? Uh, you know, when we don't engage with the LGBT community, we're criticised. But then when we do, we're criticised. Now, as I mentioned earlier, TVNZ Breakfast were all over this report and other media. They loved it and had the Disinformation Project's Kate Hanna on One News. Unfortunately, and rather ironically, the producers of One Breakfast didn't get the memo about what the report said. And during the explanation of all this hate towards New Zealand's trans community, 
they showed footage of Albert Park and the so-called victims, so-called victims, actually bullying and assaulting a woman out of a public place. The contradiction between what the disinformation project was saying and what actually occurred was blatantly obvious. Uh, have have a watch of this clip. Now channels and ways in which international disinformation actors are manipulating New Zealand communities through the use of a variety of tactics, which are known to be features of, for example, Russian propaganda techniques. Wow. What do you want to wow. happen with this information? <clears throat> well, it, we, we really want... Well, what, what do you want? <laughs> but actually, what should happen with it? Well, so there's two things that should really happen. We, we need to... Uh, yes, here's the victims, the victims going out to get rid of the woman off the rostrum. ...has risen in the last two months. Yeah, there she's being assaulted. ...to work to support trans and non-binary communities to prevent that harm. But secondly, New Zealanders need to understand and people who have power need to take action around the trends we're seeing, the emergent signals that you... Uh, and that's her being attacked. But of course, she's not the victim. She's actually the perpetrator. ...change the minds of a large group of people towards hating one... Yeah, I mean, you know, all of New Zealand saw this footage on the day it actually happened at Albert Park. They were rightly outraged. There's a disinformation project were obviously out of the country on that day or are choosing not to see it because it doesn't fit the narrative. Maybe both. They have no credibility. And now, and you may say, look, Bob is just annoyed because the disinformation project obviously doesn't like family first. Well, listen to what left-wing commentator Bryce Edwards from Victoria University said just last month. Uh, it talks about the two researchers. Said they have managed to gain a great deal of media coverage about their social media research, largely because they make quite extraordinary and colourful statements about what is going on online and it makes for good stories. Some of the claims come across as hysterical, but it's hard to tell because no real evidence is given to back them up, correct? The Disinformation Project does a disservice to democracy and the fight against disinformation when they scaremonger in an opportunistic way. The risk is that we actually make the problem worse if we tackle such sensitive issues so poorly. And broadcaster Chris Lynch said, this kind of propaganda is dangerous. It creates a false narrative that casts legitimate dissent and criticism as hate speech and attempts to silence those who hold differing views. By labelling critics as transphobic or bigoted, his comments serve to stifle open and honest discourse while simultaneously inflaming tensions and further polarising societies. And commentator Thomas Cranmer, who some of you will know, said the claims about genocide were absurd and outlandish, and only serve to highlight that the disinformation project lacks any perspective or objectivity. See, the problem for the disinformation project is that within possibly some very valid facts and research, there is clearly underlying narrative and ideology which clouds their judgment. They clearly disagree with a morally conservative or traditional worldview. They've made that very, very obvious, and that's why the media love them. And that's why you should treat the Disinformation Project's commentary as disinformation itself. Mm -hmm.